Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is a Tuesday get-together here on Birds 365. You got your Mac and Mac guys sitting pretty for you. Well, maybe I shouldn't say sitting pretty. Take a peek, ladies and gentlemen. John McMullen and Jody McDonald here with you. Two hours of Philadelphia Eagle conversation ready to come your way. Mr. McMullen, you look bright and chipper this morning. I wouldn't. I, you just crushed my confidence there with that opening, Jody. No, but I'll get through it. I'll, 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 I understand what you're saying. I'm going to push through it. We are Unlike gonna, Ben Simmons, I'm going to push through it. Suck it up and get it done. All right, since you went there with Ben Simmons, I saw your latest article on uh, Philly Voice. I hopped on uh, Philly Voice. Oh, there's a J-Mac article. Got to read this. Um, comparing Ben Simmons and Jalen Hurts. Uh, yeah. uh, wh- wh- what prism did you look through to come up with that one? Well, I, I think Danny Green was way off base when he was criticizing uh, Philadelphia fans for sort of bailing on Ben Simmons, which they did, you know, ultimately at the very, very end. But I I don't know of, and you've been around uh, of this city for a long time, Jody, so I'll throw this back at you. I don't know of another athlete. Maybe you got to go back to Julius Irving that they supported more than Ben Simmons. Uh, I can't think of one. I brought up Mike Schmidt and his famous quotes about playing in the city of Philadelphia. My larger point was it's much easier for athletes to play today. There's a large block of the fan base that just wants positivity, positivity. This used to be the hardest city to play in, and I say used to be. And I, I brought in Jalen Hurts because you have this disconnect. Not, not, they're not comparable as players. They're not comparable about how they're being treated. But I, I got an interesting email last week, Jody, about uh, the most trolled players on social media. The most trolled players, the Action Network, Darren Rebell. And by the way, I'm booking the show on the fly. We've got to get Darren on. Yeah, he's um, very good. Yeah. But uh, so they talked about the most trolled players in the NFL. The top are obvious. The Tom Brady's, the Patrick Mahomes the Aaron Donald, the Aaron, true superstars, true superstars. Number six was Jalen Hurts, most trolled player on Instagram, 32,000 trolls. Now you can define trolls how you want. A lot of people, I don't think in constructive criticism, I don't think saying uh, Jalen Hurts is not a proven player's criticism. I think it's reality. Um, So it depends on your definition. But I started saying, why is Jalen Hurts getting trolled? The guys he's the nicest guy in the world. He's a hard worker. We've talked about his leadership skills. And I said, why is he getting trolled? And the answer kind of hit me. It ain't people from Philadelphia. It's from people outside of Philadelphia. And they're trolling the poor guy because Philadelphia is building him up as something he's not. And they're saying, why are you talking about Jalen Hurts like he's any kind of proven commodity in this league and they're taking shots at him? He's not Tom Brady. He's not Patrick Mahomes. But you have this large block of the fan base 
And that's where I compared it with Ben Simmons. Look, Ben is, you know, a much former number one overall pick, all-star player, and I put that in quotations because it doesn't mean anything. They would not look at his flaws for years. They would ignore them. They would stick their head in the sand. And this creates angst from outside the city. But the larger point of the column was, it has never been easier, Danny Green, to be an athlete in Philadelphia. The largest portion of this fan base will support you through thick and thin, and you have to be historically bad, Jody, historically bad. The NBA just came out with their 75th anniversary logo, I believe, last week. Next season's the 75th season. Ben Simmons is the worst ever shooting in the playoffs in 75 years. That's how bad you have to be for this fan base to turn on you. And, oh, by the way, they didn't turn on him to the very end when he gave up the easy dunk. And when the game was already done, the series was already done, then they threw up their hands and said, okay, this guy's awful. You are right in everything that you said. Uh, there has been much more defense of Ben Simmons than tearing down of Ben Simmons. I don't know where Danny Green got off. I, I threw this out. I was doing a show on WIP last night. Uh, and I threw it down out for just like the last hour and change of my show till 2 a.m. Uh, and I'll uh, get your take on this. If the Sixers starting lineup next year, game one, is the exact same as it was that finished up this season or started this season, you know what that would be. Uh, Curry, uh, Green, uh, Big Joel, uh, Ben Simmons, and Tobias Harris. If it's the same starting lineup, who gets booed the loudest on opening night? Oh, Danny Green. Danny Green. The, the three choices were Danny Green, Ben Simmons, and or Daryl Morey, because he would be the guy who said, yeah, let's run this back. Even though we got picked off by a team that wasn't as talented as we are in the playoffs again. Uh, once again, the Sixers haven't even made an you know, Eastern Conference final, let alone an NBA final, let alone hosted a parade. Daryl Morey didn't do anything during the offseason. I think he would be under scrutiny as well. <laughs> the results of the poll, and like I said, I put it up last night at about 1 o'clock. I got 478 votes. Daryl Morey, 9.4%. Danny Green, 19.2%. Ben Simmons, 71.3%. Uh, yeah. So, uh, no, they are finally getting to Ben. No, but here's where I'll say the timing... I agree with you. If you do that same poll before the start of the season, I think it'll shift because by that point they will have talked themselves into, oh, you know, they will have seen the band shooting threes in the gym videos in the off season. They will have again talked themselves into something is going to be different. And he's the star player. And again, I put that in quotation. He's the star player. Danny Green is just a guy who took a shot at him. And by the way, Danny Green didn't take a shot at him. I think well, he's he took just, a shot at Philly fans. I don't think he did. I think he's representative of, of the modern athlete. The modern athlete expects positivity at all circles. And it, that, that's what they expect. That's what they expect. And you're talking about a guy who's been in Cleveland, San Antonio, Los Angeles. There's no passion there. They, they show up when the team's in the finals and they're they're going crazy, but there's no passion here like there is here. He doesn't know. 
He doesn't know what this fan base, remember what this fan base went through. And I put this in the columns, the process, you know, Brian Colangelo with the oversized collars and the burner gate, the poor personnel mistake. Think about this. The Sixers managed to take two number one overall picks who can't shoot the basketball. Has that ever happened in the history of the league? And, And through it all, they have to defend this because they set their stake in the ground. Sam Hickey, the process, this is the way you have to do it, even though Milwaukee and Phoenix did it a different way and are playing for an NBA title. But you have to do it this way. You have to. It's the only way you can go about it. You know it, Jody. You've been hearing this nonsense for how many years now? They went through all this. They don't want to admit they're wrong. Just like politics, you got two sides. They don't want to admit they're wrong. They're never going to admit they're wrong. And they'll come back next year. Ben Simmons is here, and he won't be because Daryl Morey is a smart guy. But he won't be here. But by some strange occurrence, they can't get anything for him. And he has to to run it back. They will convince themselves this is the year. Right up until the playoffs, right up until the first good team shows up and takes them out of the offense. Happens every single time. That That is sad if true. All right, so you compared Ben and Jalen Hurts, and you just said you think that Jalen Hurts is getting trolled, which, oh, by the way, Action Network, who is apparently following this, how do I get that job? Sit there and look yeah, at social media That's all day to job. see who's getting trolled and or not getting trolled and keep track of it. I By the way, 32, they did keep track of it. I think the number was 32,000. Uh, 153, something like that. Thirty-two, over thirty-two thousand trolls for Jalen. Poor Jalen hurts on Instagram. Don't get it, and I don't even get uh, why someone would track something like that, other than give Mac and Max something to talk about on Bridge Three Sixty Five. Hey, so I guess you. I should just shut up and thank them. Um, I don't get why Jalen Hurts would be trolled like that. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, the the mega stars, they're just in yeah. the conversation, even though they're as great as they are at what they do. Yeah, there are going to be people that are going to nitpick just so they can take a shot and say, I'm going to bring them down a peg. Why does Jalen Hurts need to be brought down a peg? Your Doesn't. theory is that Philadelphia, a portion of Philadelphia is elevated his accomplishments too quickly or what yeah. he can do? Well, we did we, we did a whole segment on Chris Sims because he didn't have him in, the, in his top 40. I sent you pro football. Bruce Gradkowski just had him 31 of 32. You know, this is consistent. You know, when I said when we were doing draft prep and we had all the draft guys on, uh, whether it's Matt Manicharian or 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 Blake Rick, Bedenfield Ricky or people Saratella. like that, Ricky Saratella, guys who work in the league, guys who work with the league, we asked them, look, where does Jalen Hurts compare to the Trevor Lawrence of the world, the Trey Lance? Forget about Trevor Lawrence, the Zach Wilson's, the Trey Lance's, the Justin Fields. Every single one of them said not close. Behind the scenes, I got the same thing from people like Daniel Jeremiah and other personnel people in this league who I cannot name. I got the same thing. So you have this conglomerate who says, and you see it, that speaking of trolling, the trolling that Chris Sims, Dan Orlovsky did it last week. And Dan wasn't even talking about the player. Dan was talking about the Eagles' decision, something you and I have bounced back and forth a lot and said, look, if they had the opportunity to do it over again, they wouldn't take Jalen Hurts, which is 100% true. Not because of the player, Jody. 
It has nothing to do with the player, but because of the hindsight of what happened. They know they miscalculated the situation. That's what Dan was saying. However, I, Dan, I bring up Dan Orlovsky for a, for a good reason. Because back when Carson Wentz was in good steed, everybody loved Dan Orlovsky. Right. Because Dan would defend Carson Wentz at every turn. And now they hate him because he defends Carson Wentz at every turn. So it it's kind of hilarious. And it makes sense that you want your starting quarterback to be successful. But he's not he 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 is a very unproven commodity. And so the consistency doesn't mean they're all going to be right. They could all be wrong. But I got to tell you, Jody, the consistency of people in this league who don't believe in Jalen Hurts concerns me. It concerns uh, me. I, I I am one of those who can raise my hand and say guilty as charged. Oh, I've changed my opinion on Dan Orlovsky because I was with him for the most part when he was defending. Of course. Uh, the, the Eagles starting quarterback, Carson Wentz. But here's the difference between me and Dan Orlovsky. I actually realized that I overstated what Carson Wentz was. Same I here. can look the look you in the, the the face in the camera, whatever, and go, yeah, I was wrong about Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz proved to me this past year he's not a mentally tough individual. He wasn't the guy who was dedicated to sticking around and making the best out of the, his situation with the Philadelphia Eagles after they gave him a hundred million dollar contract. I'm sorry, I changed my opinion on Carson Wentz. I think I already died on that hill. Uh, somehow Dan Orlovsky thinks that he's uh, able to get back up from the dead and continue to defend him. You died on the hill, Dan. He was terrible. He's the worst quarterback in the NFL. Admit but, it. So what Dan is is a microcosm of the Ben Simmons people every year. No, he's back. What Dan is saying, I'm going to play Dan Orlovsky's psychiatrist. Right. He's back with Frank Reich. Uh, he's comfortable. He doesn't have the passionate fan base. The the Colts are going to be more like San Antonio and Los Angeles, and they're going to they're going to show up when things are going well. It's going to be a lot easier on him mentally, and he likes him. I always say he likes him as a player. I always say everybody in life should have somebody who loves them, like Dan Orlovsky loves Carson Wentz. Everybody, because you you you'd be so much happier. But it's the same thing. You know, I, I just explained to you, if Daryl Morey can't move Ben Simmons, you will have a whole, I guarantee you, Jody, you will have a whole group, not everybody, but you will have a large group who comes back and convinces themselves this year is going to be different. Happens every year in sports, every city. Happens in this city more than most because the, the fan base is so passionate. And oh, by the way, if this makes me an overly optimistic, uh, eagle green glass wearing fan, I think that the national pundits are underrating Jalen Hurts. Am I telling you he's going to be a top five quarterback? Absolutely not. You told me he's top six in uh, all of sport being trolled. So in one metric, he is up on that level. Yeah, top that, 10 and being trolled. That that metric is not going to hold true for actual production on the field. I'm not going to be crazy enough to put him in the top five or six. I'm not going to put him in the top 10. I, I can't even put him in the top half of the NFL. No. Could he be 16th? Maybe. 
Maybe he sneaks into just the dead bottom of the top half of the quarterbacks in the league. He's not going to be 31st, 32nd, 30. Chris Sims, he's not in the top 40. He, he uh, yeah, I'll, lock I'll tell Chris coffee. Sims you're going to be eating some pretty damn big crow with Jalen Hurts this year. I'm well, sorry I disagree with his evaluation. Xander, mark this because people are going to kill me as usual because McMullen's killing Jalen Hurts. I've said consistently, you know, Jody, I, I agree with you. I said he's better than people think he is. And I think he's going to be better than most people think he is. Where you and I differ, I'm more concerned than you because I am. When I see so many guys, and forget about the pundits. I'm talking about people like Radkowski and, and EB, yes, uh, for all his criticisms, throw at Chris Sims. I'm talking about personnel people. I'm talking about scouts. I'm talking about quarterbacks who actually played the game. And when they see these flaws and they keep bringing up these flaws consistently, it's not like everybody's having a meeting to criticize Jalen Hurts, Jody. It's not like everybody's getting together and say, we don't like this kid because everybody likes this kid, by the way. Everybody likes him. But they're pointing out these flaws in his skill set. I admit I'm more concerned than you are, but I think he's got to be better than 31. He's certainly going to be one of the top 40 quarterbacks in the world. My concern is where is the ceiling? I have more concerns than you do. Yeah. Um, I think that people second-guessed Lamar Jackson, too, who was the last pick in the first round as compared to uh, slightly more in the second half of the second round. There aren't that many picks between where Jalen Hurts went and where Lamar Jackson went. And, oh, by the way, Lamar Jackson was the fifth quarterback taken. How many quarterbacks would take him before Hurts? It's slipping my mind right now. I'd have to, I'd have to look it up. Right. That's, uh, yeah. I, I would suggest that there were no more than four. So he was probably the fifth quarterback or lower taken in that draft. Uh, but okay. did they, but did they, Jody? What again, I'm not talking about the Stephen A. Smiths of the world. I don't give a flying, you know what, what, what they say, the Skip Baylesses of the world. I'm talking about. People uh, in the John, game. John, I don't care that Chris Sims used to play quarterback. Well, I think he's I think woefully uh, wrong. I don't care what his resume says. I, I don't care what his experience more, He can I, be as wrong as anybody on the planet just because he did it for a while. It doesn't make him an authority that I have no, to bow to and say, oh, because Chris Sims no, no, I didn't say you had to bow. I have to pay attention to that. Bull, I didn't bullshit. say you had to bow down to Chris Sims. I said his his what I did say is his impact has more value. His opinion has more value than just some talking head. However, Jody, what I did say, Chris Sims it, Chris Sims is in a group of about 20 who said the same thing. Now, I'm not saying take Chris Sims and put him out there. You might not like Chris Sims. What about the other 19? Are they all in the Chris Sims boat? Because we've, we've gone through it all offseason, 31. Gradkowski's not the first that had him 31. Uh, late late in the process, it's all over the place. We've, you, we've talked to draft people on this very show about this very subject. They all said the same thing, Jody, every single one of them. So yeah. that's my concern, not Chris Sims by himself. If it's one person, you could say, yeah, that guy's nuts. Let's move on to the next nut. If it's consistent, that concerns me. Uh, fair enough. But, uh, again, 
if we're talking about draft guys around here. We had a really good quarterback class. If he's just behind Mac Jones, that doesn't mean he can't play. That, no, that means he's behind Mac Jones, said, who was the 14th. And by the way, I'll the go draft. back and I said he's going to be better than people think. That's my personal belief. I think he's going to be better than people think he's going to be. However, I am concerned because there are so many people who point out the same flaws in the skill set, the same issues with his traits. I, I'm a little bit concerned more than most people in, in Philadelphia, not outside Philadelphia, outside Philadelphia. I'm, I'm optimistic. And here's one thing, right, wrong or indifferent, I will use as a comparison all year long. He's going to be compared to Carson Wentz. He is taking Carson Wentz's job. He took it last year, and now he's going to take it going forward this year. And I understand that Carson Wentz is in a different position now, at least the way some people do. A much improved position. He's a happy guy. There isn't going to be the pressure in Indianapolis. He's working with his guy, Frank Reich, who gets nothing but the best out of Carson Wentz. When Jalen Hurts is every bit the quarterback this year, that Carson Wentz is in Indianapolis. What are the Dan Orlovskis of the world going to say then? Uh, how are they going to explain that one away when Jalen Hurts playing with a mm -hmm. lesser team here in Philadelphia under a rookie head coach who loves competition actually is more productive than Carson Wentz? Then give me your explanation, Dan Orlovsky. Fair sorry. point, Joe. I, I was with Orlovsky, but yeah. he just he, he refuses to acknowledge that Carson Wentz, let me pick the right word, sucked last year. He refuses to acknowledge it. Get, come on, Dan. It's and that's why and that's, I, I overestimated. I was wrong. I need to reevaluate. And that's why I wrote the column on Philly Voice, and that's why I brought up Ben Simmons. Because you could have asked the same fan on your radio show the same thing about Ben Simmons. Why? Why do you think this guy is going to prove? Why? And they would have gave you the same answers. Oh, he's working so hard. He's in a better situation. He's got a better coach. They understand how to use him. But he gave you the same things, Jody. That's why the comparison sticks to me. He is John McMullen. I am Jody McDonald. All right, we're hoping to get our first guest up here uh, shortly. We're, uh, he's on vacay, so he wasn't sure how his Wi-Fi was going to work. But yesterday, John and I had some fun with a list that he compiled for Bleeding Green Nation. John Stolnes, one of their lead writers, uh, put out a list of top 10 Eagles under 25 years old. By which, the way, Jody, top 10 list, and Jalen Hurts is on it. Yeah, he is one of those top 10, but uh, for me, he could have been higher. Shockingly, I think someone is underrating Jalen Hurts. That's just me. I guess I'm not coming off that bandwagon until I'm kicked off by his play. But if Jalen Hurts stinks, I will come here on Birds 365 and say, my bad, I overevaluated Jalen Hurts, unlike some of the people who are still. And, and if he does, uh, if he does fail, I'm going to be disappointed. I'm I'm rooting for the kid, which people find shocking. <laughs> John uh, McMullen, Jody McDowell, we are the Mac and Mac guys. Hopefully, John Stolnes, Bleeding Green Nation, going to hop aboard with us coming up shortly here on Birds 365. I get scared sometimes of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. 
It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Tuesday get-together here on Birds 365. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, and we are joined by... (laughs) A new guest. First time we've had him on the show. He's one of uh, our buddy Brandon Lee Gowton's lead uh, guys. Uh, he writes all the time for Bleeding Green Nation. John Stolnis joins us here on Bird Street 65. On vacay this week, John, thank you for uh, carving 10, 15 minutes out of your vacay for us. It's my pleasure, guys. How you doing? Doing well, John. Good to have you. We're going to throw you in the fire pretty quick. We had a little bit of fun looking at your top 10 players under 25. So I'm not going to bury the lead. I only know you have limited time with us. So I want to I want to throw out, you know, Devontae Smith. And I, I like what you said. You know, is this too high to put a player who's never played a single snap in the NFL? I don't think it's too high. I think you should have had him at number one, John. This is the only young player on this team 
Well, and, and the second part is Landon Dickerson. I want to ask you where Landon is. But Devontae Smith, this is the guy who has a chance to be a superstar. I don't see that with the other Eagles mm-hmm. young players. Well, I, I hear what you're saying, and I almost put him at, at number one. I have him at number two just because I, I feel like Miles Sanders has already kind of proven himself in a lot of ways. Uh, he's, I think he's a guy that you can reasonably expect is going to be uh, a 1,500-yard uh, total yard guy in a season where we think he can play really well. Um, I don't think he's going to be that 2,000-yard guy that I think people were thinking he could be at the beginning of last season. But Smith, you know, I, he would probably be lower if he were on another team. So I, I don't know that he's necessary because he's there are so few really dynamic young players on the Eagles right now. I think number two, it seemed right for me. I just wouldn't have felt right. I would have felt like I was going a little bit overboard if I had him ahead of Miles Sanders, just because Sanders does have a little bit more of a track record and has has proven to be a good running back in the NFL. We had some fun yesterday debating on the ranking. John said, I put D. Smith right up at number one. Why isn't he number one? I know he's never going to pass, <laughs> but he's got a chance to be a pro bowler. Made a compelling argument. Um, but, yes, I want to touch on what you just uh, noted. If you look in, its, in the list in its totality, it's not mm. jumping off the page. There isn't like, damn, there's yeah. a foundation that's going back to the Super Bowl. It's like. TJ Edwards made this list? Really? He's in the top 10 at this point? In an organization that doesn't put an emphasis on linebackers? How much does this point to Howie Roseman not doing a good job of turning over the talent on this team and in this season relying certainly more so on veterans who have been around the league for a good couple of years, if not many a year, that this team uh, doesn't have enough building blocks in place? Yeah, no, I think it, it all falls on the shoulders of Howie Roseman. And, and to be fair, some of the young players that he drafted haven't developed well. And it's fair to wonder how much of that is on the coaching staff, how much, you know, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Jalen Rager, their, their two wide receiver picks the, the two years previous to this, how, how their lack of development mirrors each other is a little bit disturbing. So you, you wonder, did they just pick bad players or is development an issue too with this team, with the previous coaching staff? And so I don't know that we're going to get a whole lot of answers in Nick Sirianni's first year with that. But I do think that a lot of the blame falls on Howie Roseman. You can't have this many draft misses. The reason this list is as bleak as it is is because they've had a lot of draft misses. They, they haven't hit on their first round picks. I mean, Andre Dillard is going to be battling Jordan Mailata for the left tackle spot, and he's no longer under 25, so he, he's not on this list anyway. But first round pick you traded up for two years ago. He's a guy mm-hmm. you should be, who, who should be a no-doubt starter right now. Ortega Whiteside is... is Certainly, I don't think going to make an impact on this team. He didn't make my list, even though he's still under 25. And so, and then Jalen Rager, who knows what you're going to get in Jalen Rager this year. Maybe playing more in the slot this year really helps him. Maybe a new offense really helps him. But I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be an interesting situation to see whether or not a new coaching staff can bring some more out of these players. And then we might be able to answer the Howie Roseman question a little bit more. But for right now, I think most of the blame, most of the onus falls on Howie Roseman. So, John, for that reason, I have to ask you, where is Landon Dickerson? Too many concerns over the injuries? Uh, why would somebody mm-hmm. like that yeah. not be on this list? You know, I, I felt like with Landon Dickerson, the injury issue is still a big question mark. I think if he if he does play this year, um, that would be gravy. But I, don't, I just don't know that he's going to get on the field much this year. If, if the Eagles offensive line starters stay healthy – he's probably not going to see much playing time. And 
if there's already a number of really good young backups that did make the list, like like Herbig, like Driscoll, who I think are, are ahead of him on the depth chart, maybe not at center necessarily, but if something happens to Jason Kelsey, Siamalo likely moves into the center spot. So for this year, for this particular, for the 2021 season, I just don't see Dickerson as having a whole lot of impact at this point, which is why he didn't make my list. You had Jake Driscoll at number five. And, yeah, Jake was thrown into the deep end of the pool last year when Lane Johnson went out. And I thought he played pretty serviceably and did the job of a uh, day two, day three draft pick. Uh, I was quasi-impressed with what he did. Um, at number five, again, it kind of points to the overall depth of the Eagles under 25 guys not being good enough. What is it about Jack Driscoll that you'd like to have him as high as number five on your list? Well, one of the things I valued with Driscoll is his versatility, that he could play tackle, he can play guard. I really think last year when uh, – and credit Jeff Stoutland for, for coaching these guys up too because when, when the starters went down last year, despite a rotating batch of offensive linemen moving in and out and all over the place, the offensive line did okay. They, they weren't world beaters, but they, they were not dreadful either. And I think Driscoll showed something as a rookie that he could be thrown into the – that, that he could positions and hold his own. So that makes me enthusiastic for what he can do with another year under Jeff Stoutland with a little bit more confidence and, and maybe you know, knowing that he's going to be kind of a guy who moves from, from place to place along the offensive line. I think those guys are valuable. Um, and I think he showed that when Lynn Johnson finally does move on, when he finally does retire, that I think Driscoll will probably not be as good as Lane, but will be a very good starting right tackle in the NFL. <laughs> and so... Again, because this list is kind of shaky, you know, like there's just not a lot of talent there on most other teams. Driscoll probably is not number five, but uh, you need good offensive linemen. You need you need young players in the trenches. So I really valued a good, promising young player who showed something last year. And that's why I had him up at five on this list. By the way, John, probably the best part of the this list, if you want to be optimistic, is the offensive lineman because it's pretty deep with right. offensive linemen. But I do have to question you. Mm-hmm. You talked about versatility. Nate Herbig was tremendously versatile last year in the interior, mm-hmm. able to move back from right guard, left guard, uh, play at a pretty high level. I think Pro Football Focus had him 13th overall in the league. And then we know Jordan Mylott is a, a, a Philly favorite. The fans probably a little bit higher on him than than they might, than they should be, I think is mm-hmm. fair to say. But why Jack Driscoll had a Nate Herbig and Jordan Mylott? I'm sorry, oh. can you repeat that, John? I, I lost the audio there. That's all right. I, um, talking about the offensive line, Talking, you mentioned the versatility of Jack Driscoll. Um, Nate Herbig was also tremendously versatile, Played a little bit more, uh, probably played a little bit more successfully than Jack Driscoll. Then had Jordan Mailata, obviously turned into starting left tackle. A lot of people think he's going to be a top-tier player moving forward. Why Jack Driscoll over those two guys on your list? Well, well, we might have lost John. At least video-wise, we lost John. Uh, and I knew that question was coming because you – Quoted the rankings of uh, uh, Pro Football Focus yesterday. There we go. We got John back. Give it one more try, try there, Johnny Max. See if you can get your question in for John. John, did you get any of that? The offensive line question. I don't think John has a Sander. 
So pu- push him back, and we'll see if we can get him. Uh, it's vacation. Everybody's on vacation, Jody. You know how many people I've contacted this week that is on vacation? <laughs> if you're a football writer, right. and, and John writes about different things as well, but you're on vacation. This is your two-week period to get some kind of vacation in. And more power to the people because you're going to go eight straight months thereafter. That's the length of the season. It uh, does go pretty long. All right, we're going to take one more shot with you here, John. Uh, hopefully the Wi-Fi hangs in for another couple of minutes. Um, Johnny Mac asked you, <laughs> Nate Herbig is compared to Jack Driscoll. Um, why did you have mm-hmm. Herbig ahead when, at least statistically, as uh, per some metrics, he actually had a better year than Driscoll? What was it uh, that you didn't like as much about Herbert as you did about Tristan? <clears throat> no. Yeah, uh, I, I th- I'm sorry about that, guys. But yeah, I, the reason ahead. I had Driscoll a little bit the the reason I had Driscoll a little bit higher than than Herbig is because I really felt like Driscoll's versatility on the line was maybe a little bit more valuable than than Nate. Um, and I thought that Driscoll was maybe a little bit more of a, pa- a better pass blocker than, than Herbig was. Herbig, I think, very stout in the run game, but Driscoll a little ahead of him in the passing game. And because this is an, an offense, a pass-heavy league, uh, I, I had yeah, – I mean, it's close. They're, it's a horse race between these two guys. And if you wanted to flip them, you could, you could flip them, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with you. But uh, for those reasons, I had Dr- Driscoll a little bit ahead of him. I just thought Driscoll, again, two years older than Herbig, too, just has a little bit more polish to him. But – uh, PFF certainly, you know, their their grading system on offensive linemen is pretty good. So uh, if you flip them again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna die on that hill. Uh, John, I think the most underrated player probably on your list to me is Josh Sweat. I think you had him number four. Now there's some issues. I don't know if Josh can ever be a you know 80 percent snap a guy game because of the knee issues that date back to high school. The Eagles have been very careful with him as far as putting him on a pitch count. But, man, he's pretty effective. I I think if there's one guy on this list that maybe people don't realize is a really good player, to me that might be Josh Sweat. Agree with that sentiment? Yeah, he's really flown under the radar. And I think, you know, people have been – turned off by Derek Barnett. I think maybe some of the, the lack of production from Derek Barnett has kind of colored the, how we feel about Josh Sweat. Because, you know, in, we're used to dominant defensive edge rushers. I mean, uh, over the years, the Eagles have had so many good edge rushers, you know, Brandon Graham, uh, Hugh Douglas, you know, the, the Reggie White, Clyde Simmons days, you know, and, and lots of guys in between. Josh Sweat doesn't ever really take over a game. I think that's part of it. Like, you never remember Josh Sweat going crazy in a single game. But He's been just so steadily improving year by year by year, getting a little bit better year after year after year. And so I think that kind of flies under the radar. And I think that's why he's underrated. You know, he's he, he's in a rotation also. So he's not he's not playing, you know, 90 percent of the snaps every week. He's he's uh, he's kind of been able to play behind Graham and play behind, uh, Barnett and and be a, a, a number three or number four guy. And I think now he's, we forget how young he is because it does feel like he's been around a little bit, but he's third on the team in sacks uh, last year, which, you know, is 
this, this is not a team that had a ton of players with big sack numbers, but you know, six sacks for a, for a kid who is, you know, playing in a rotation is, is pretty darn good. So I, I think there's another set. I think there's another, another year of progression for him. And I think he can be a guy who maybe gets to eight sacks, maybe gets to nine sacks. He, he may can, he can, he can evolve into a, a, a team leader uh, in, in sacks this season. So I, I'm high on him. I, I think he, I like players that just keep getting better year by year. And Josh Sweat's been on that trajectory. Agreed. All right. Last one for me, John, hopefully your Wi-Fi hangs in there for five more minutes. Uh, John and I were having some fun debating uh, Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts right before you came on and the way he is being perceived and rated around the league. And uh, I, I think he's not being given up credit for what he is capable of doing going into this year. Yes, his completion percentage was bad, but the plays he made with his legs made up for it. Shoot, Lamar Jackson won the MVP a couple of years ago, being a running threat for the Ravens. And the one metric that I'm going to hang my hat on all year is I think he's going to be better than Carson Wentz. And that's, to me, what Eagle fans should worry most about. Don't worry about where they took him in the draft. Don't worry about whether they should have taken him in the draft. You had Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz talked his way out of town. You now have Jalen Hurts. Do you have a better quarterback now in Jalen Hurts? Using whatever metrics you want to use, do you think Jalen Hurts will be better this year than Carson Wentz? I feel like the Eagles needed to move on from Carson Wentz, but I, I don't get the feeling that Jalen Hurts will be better than, than Carson Wentz this year. And that just might be because Carson's going to a situation that's perfectly suited for him. And he's got more talent around him. He's got a more established coaching staff. And I think Carson's a good year out in Indianapolis. And, and we just don't know what Jalen Hurts is, is going to do. We, we don't know. We don't have any idea if Jalen Rager is going to take a step forward for him if uh you know how the new offense is going to work we don't know how stable the offensive line is going to be health wise and, and we don't know much about Jalen himself we we don't know how well he can throw the ball and I think part of the issue with Hertz this year is I think this is I think he has one year to prove himself because you look at what the Eagles have in in, in trade capital for next year they've got at least two first round picks and possibly a third first round pick that they're going to use on a quarterback if Jalen Hurts doesn't show them something if he doesn't show them, I mean, like, star quality, I think they use those picks to go out and either draft a quarterback, move up to wherever they want in the draft and get who they want, or to trade for a Watson or a Russell Wilson. And I think it puts her in an in, in unenviable position. He's really got to play well. He's re- he's got to put, I think he's got to put together something similar to what Donovan McNabb did in her, his first full season in 2000 in order to convince the Eagles coaching staff and to convince Howie Roseman Oh, he's our guy. He's our guy moving forward. Because if you believe Howie Roseman, Jalen Hurts was drafted to be a backup quarterback. That's the reason they drafted him. They never drafted him with the intention of being a starter, if you listen to Howie Roseman's. So he was drafted with of being a long-term backup on this team, which is the reason why that draft pick didn't make any sense in the first place. So, yes, maybe Jalen Hurts surprises. And I think there's certainly like a 25 30% chance that he does surprise and plays really well, plays well enough to make the Eagles a contending team. But I think the odds are greater that he falls short of those expectations and that the Eagles are looking for another quarterback after the 2021 season. John, I agree with you. I'm going to, I'm going to invite you to be the guest host of this show. If I'm at practice, because you just said what I've been saying better (laughs) than I've been saying it. And that's the fact that not only you know, I have concerns if, if this is fair to Jalen Hurts and if he even has an opportunity 
to prove himself to be the longtime starter of this team. Because one year with a head coach, a rookie head coach, you talked about the supporting cast, so many questions. The one consistent thing about this Eagles team is if, if, if. I don't know if one of those if is if Jalen Hurts is the starter in 2022 and we lost John. But he did a great job, Jody. That's what I've been talking about. Does Jalen Hurts even have an opportunity to prove himself to this team? Or is this team already put him as the placeholder and said, okay, we had all these issues with Carson Wentz. And by the way, John also gave a great rundown of what I was saying in the first segment, Jody, about how people convinced themselves and about Carson Wentz and about being in the right situation with Frank Wright. That's what I'm saying with the fans. Dan Orlovsky coaching. <laughs> He's got a better supporting cast. But my, I don't, okay, think, so, it's, so, so I don't then, think it's fair to Jalen Hurts. He can't prove himself to this organization in one year. He can't do it. Since uh, apparently all is right with the world in Indianapolis for Carson he's got the perfect, perfect situation. He's got the perfect situation. By the way, I'm what, laughing at that what, what is going to be the acceptable uh, production year for Carson Wentz? If he is that talented, second overall pick in the draft, MVP candidate in 2017 before he got on, he got all those things in place. And now, oh, by the way, He's in the perfect situation. Top five quarterback? No. Top 10 quarterback? No, what does Carson Wentz have to achieve? If he's in the perfect situation, and we're being really honest about this, where does Carson Wentz have to rank in the quarterbacks in the league? Because whatever, wherever you put it, I'm taking over. I don't think he can do it. I think that the whole perfect situation thing is woefully being overstated now. I have Jody, no confidence this guy's going to turn his career around. You're making me argue a point I don't agree. You know I don't think Carson Wentz is a top-five quarterback. What I'm saying is people are convincing, and this is why I brought up Ben Simmons, they convince themselves of things. They convince themselves it's the perfect situation. You already know, Jody, a lot of people in this town think Frank Reich is the reason they won the Super Bowl. They convince themselves of that. So Frank, who, by the way, is an awesome guy, but, I mean, yeah, he's not going to be able to turn uh, chicken salad, chicken you-know-what, into chicken salad. The The problem here, Jody, is this with, with, with Carson Wentz. I don't think he's getting back, and I've said this before on the show, I don't think he's getting back to 2017 because of the health issues. I don't think he's the same guy physically. Now, the problem for me is the dip, from 2019 to 2020. I thought in 2019, he was settling in, if you want to grade people, I always say is maybe 13, 14. When he had an up season, he could probably get into the top 10, maybe 9, 10. I think that's who Carson Wentz was in 2018 and 2019. Can he get back to that? That to me would be successful for Indianapolis. If he's as bad as he was last year, he's one and done. I mean, he was the worst quarterback in football last year. You can make that argument. And by the way, the Colts are a playoff team. So he's got to make the playoffs. It starts there. He's right. got to make were, the playoffs. They were a playoff team last year. They're expected to be a playoff team this year. I thought it was a toss-up between they and uh, the Tennessee Titans to win that division this year. Jacksonville won't be as big a doormat. 
But Houston's going to be even worse if Deshaun Watson isn't starting for the season. They legitimately are the favorite right now to have the number one pick in the draft next year. That's how bad Houston is, and they're in the division with them. So you're right. Carson Wentz has got to make the playoffs with the Titans. If they don't win that division, don't make the playoffs, they made it with Phillip Rivers. That's that's a, a pretty good testament to Carson Wentz isn't all what he's uh, wrapped up to be, at least by some of his defenders around here. And your point about Frank Reich. And I, I never interviewed Frank Reich. I don't know Frank Reich. I've just evaluated Frank Reich from afar. But a lot of people I like and trust say he's got a really good offensive mind and he's a, a good uh, game day play caller and the like. How far back do you have to go to find a Super Bowl winning team where in some people's eyes, an assistant coach deserved more credit than the head coach? How many years? No, let me say it this way. Decades do we have to go back to somebody being able to make an argument? You know, the head coach was the head coach, but the offensive corner, the defensive corner, that was the real coaching genius of that team. How many years do we have to go back to play? Well, it's absurd. You can't go back. It's a a dumb sentiment. I'll I'll give you one. I'll give you one. The uh, Chicago Bears, Mike Ditkin, Buddy Ryan. Uh, that, that's the well, last time that anyone said, yeah, our head coach is pretty good, but the real genius is nah, Buddy Ryan and that well, defense. I think they were wrong as well in that indication. I mean, and by the way, to Frank's credit, Frank Reich loves Doug Peterson. Frank Reich will tell you. Doug, Frank Reich told me after the Super Bowl, he was so excited. He Direct quote, Doug is a flipping star. He doesn't curse. Uh, Doug is a... a, a, a he actually said freaking star as a coach at the time. Uh, and that was Frank Reich. Frank Reich loves Doug Peterson. Uh, Doug Peterson was the play caller. That entire narrative from anyone in Philadelphia is beyond silly. Frank would be the first one to tell you that. Uh, but he is a good coach. And Carson Wentz is comfortable with them. And if you want to go back and read legislate, nobody knows for sure. But it's evident after the Eagles fired Doug Peterson, and they shouldn't have, and by the way, Jeffrey Lurie said that, you don't deserve to be fired. Um, and they hired Nick Sirianni. It didn't, it didn't save their relationship with Carson Wentz. So the relationship, people could talk about the relationship between Wentz and Doug Peterson, and it was certainly strained at the end. Nobody likes to be benched. But Carson Wentz was more upset at Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie. If you want to rate who he's upset with, it was more he felt uh, disrespected by Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman than Doug Peterson. But the whole thing was a cluster, you know what. But no, if Frank Reich was there, uh, everything wouldn't have been perfect. It would have been the same type of, of downfall because of the same type of issues. And those issues really have more to do with the front office than the coaching staff. But it's actually pretty fitting. It actually, for those of us who debate football for a living, like you and I here on the air on Birds 365, this is where we needed Carson Wentz to go. Because it will, in part, answer the question of 2007. Why did the Eagles jump up as quickly as they did and make it to a Super Bowl and win it in 2017 and then see the drop-off? It wasn't drastic drop-off in year one, but... Making the playoffs, pretty quick entry. Yeah, I know they won one playoff game. 
because uh, a field goal kicker double du- double doinked a field goal. They very easily could have been gone in the first round. Cody Parkey. Well, if you want to go back, it could have been Atlanta. Julio Jones could have caught that football. Uh, and that's one of the great receivers of all time. What happens then? You want to play revisionist history. What happens if Julio catches that football? That's very true. Uh, we can do that what-if thing every year. I had a caller the other night who uh, – who was it who said – Oh, uh, Derek Carr of the Raiders said that except for a couple of plays last year, the Raiders could have been a 12-4 and four football team. Yeah. And it was a, Ra- a Raider Nation guy who was on my national show. And I said, you want to know something? Derek Carr's right, that you want to change three or four plays over the course of the season. You can do that, and you can make the Raiders a 12-4 and four team. But I'll and tell you what I could them- do. I could, could go back and, and change teams. a couple of plays, and yeah. I could make the Raiders a 4-12 and 12 team yeah. real fast. That's yeah. how close the National Football League is. Most games are decided by one really huge play. If you have the uh, ability in 20, 20 hindsight to go back and look at it in circle and go, well, but if we change the outcome of that play, yeah, you change the outcome of the game. And you can do that with like 30 out of 32 teams, drastically change. You get one team every year that either wins all blowouts or loses all blowouts. Uh, but the rest of the league is decided in the fourth quarter on one big play at one juncture of the game. So uh, I, I I loathe going back and saying, yeah, but if this one play, that one play, it annoys the snot out of me. But you're right. Uh, if Julio Jones holds on to the ball, then it's a whole different Philadelphia Eagle history that we're looking at. And the year after with Cody Parkey double doinking, uh, I was making a point about where the Eagles went after they won the Super Bowl. We'll get a better read this year because of the reuniting of Carson Wentz and Frank Reich in Indianapolis. If they go 12 and four, and this isn't with changing any plays, I'm talking about an actual 12 and four. They need to win or 12 and five. We'll give them the extra 12 and five, and they win that division. We'll be able to say, yeah, you know, it was as much Frank Reich as it was Doug Peterson. We'll be able to uh, reevaluate. I you know what, Jody? I don't even think we'll get a good feel. Here's why I, I say this all the time. If Carson Wentz goes to Indianapolis and has a great season and they are 12 and four and they make a deep playoff run, whatever you think that is of winning a playoff game, I can't imagine they would beat Kansas City, but you never know with injuries in this league. If they make this deep playoff run, I still don't think it was going to work here with Carson Wentz. I say we, we were talking about Ben Simmons. I, I, it's not going to work here. He might go somewhere else and become a star player. I don't care. It's still not going to work here. It doesn't change my opinion. Right. Carson Wentz had 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 run his course in Philadelphia. I know it's going to sting. It's going to hurt if he plays well. But I don't think it changed necessarily. Changed. I don't think you could say him playing well in Indianapolis would mean he would play well in Philadelphia is what I'm trying to say. No, and that wasn't the point I was trying to make. The point I was trying to make was Carson Wentz went in the dumpster last year, okay? He went as low as you can go, worst quarterback in the National Football League. Well, why? Why did that happen? Who are we pointing the finger of blame at? Some people want to point it at Doug Peterson and say, oh, his system was so lousy. That's why Carson went. Uh, Doug Peterson lost. Doug Peterson has never been the same since he lost Frank Wright. That's why we won the Super Bowl, because, because of Frank Wright. Well, 
if Carson Wentz picks up where he left off from 2007 when he's reunited with Frank Reich, you're right. It doesn't mean that the Eagles should have kept Carson Wentz because those bridges have been burned and they've moved on. But in 2020 hindsight, going back and looking and saying, well, who got us that Super Bowl? Who got us that parade? Who were the main movers and shakers? The debate still uh, is ongoing as to whether it was Doug Peterson and or Frank Reich. Well, Carson Wentz is going to get a chance to decide that for Actually, us. Actually, it was the Nick way Bowles. that he plays this year. It was Nick Bowles, but no, I'm joking. I'm completely joking on that. People don't even get Carson Wentz credit for getting him to 11 and 2 and really close to 12 and 2 before he got hurt. Um, so they're not going to give credit to, to anybody other than who they want to give credit for. I, 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 ju I just say this about, about Carson and about Doug and about the last year, which I can't explain. I've said it on this show. But I do think people forget, you know, Frank wasn't here in 2018 and Frank wasn't here in 2019, and he played fine. He was, he was a fine quarterback. So it wasn't like he left and he completely fell apart. He completely fell apart last year. And again, I've given you my theories. Part of it's injuries. I think it's a, a, a cocktail of things. Part of it's injuries. Part of it was not working in the offseason, uh, continuing to slip on his mechanics. And part of it was the drafting of Jalen Hurts affecting him from a mental standpoint. I think it's a, a whole soup of, of, of toxic things that, that turned him. And by the way, Jody, I agree with you. You got to be mentally tougher than that. You got to fight through stuff like that. But it is what it is at this point. I do think, look, we already have a large sample size of Carson Wentz after Frank Reich, and he wasn't a horrible player until last season. So it's it it can't be just Frank Reich is what I'm trying to say. Correct. But how much of an influence will Frank Reich have going forward now that he's got Carson back under his wing? The 2021 season will tell us. All right, uh, let's take a timeout. When we come back, we'll continue to talk about quarterbacks and the new Eagle quarterback, Jalen Hurts, who's taking over, even though the head coach says it's a competition. Could be Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco could be the starting quarterback for the Eagles. Nick people. Mullins. Throw him in there. Are you throwing Mullins in there? Don't start with me with Mullins. That's <laughs> silly signing that the Eagles have. All right, uh, he's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. You're coming right back with Birds 365. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life. Count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, 
go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. He is my partner, John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We thank you for dropping in here on Birds. 365, you're home for Eagles, off-season, lead up to the season, in-season conversation. We're planning on being here at least for another uh, several months. I don't think they're going to fire us before the season starts. That'd be actually pretty foolish on the Jacob Media <laughs> power uh, yeah, You never stuff. know. Have you us do, know. do these shows while there's nothing going on and then go, yeah, we don't really want to be bothered now that the season's starting. So I think you're stuck with us for at least another eight months, somewhere thereabouts uh, when the Eagles season ends this year. Would that be with a playoff position? All right, now I'm over the top optimistic. Um, uh, who knows where it's going to go. But we'll be here to talk about it with you day in and day out. We thank you for uh, tuning in. Hey, subscribe as well. If you just found us, if you used a link to get us, subscribe to uh, the Jacob Media YouTube channel as well. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early 
so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, uh, Johnny Mac. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about here in hour number two is... Hey, by the get... way, Jody. Got can I throw something out there because I want to get it out of the way? No, you can't. Not shut up. No, no. just kidding. What, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> the, our, our most hated topic to the stream people: vaccination rates because they came yeah, out. Yeah, let's yeah. talk vaccination. Yes, yeah. I just do want to get because I'm gonna I'm gonna frame it. I'm gonna make it fun for the people because I'm gonna frame it by ripping some of the people in my industry, fellow reporters. I'm not gonna name names, but you know who they are. Um, so the NFL, at least 85% of their players fully vaccinated, uh, is, is sort of the threshold. Now, seven teams are on pace for that now. So one more. So that, that's eh, pretty good at this stage. I would say the better number is, and these are from Tom Palacero directly from the NFL. So, you know, they're good numbers, <clears throat> About 70% of NFL players have had at least one uh, one shot of the vaccine, which is a pretty good number. I, I just looked up the national number. It's 64.4%. So the NFL is ahead of the national rate. Now, where they're way ahead of the national rate, they're young people. The young people, the national rate is way down. It's a little bit less than 50%. So the NFL players are way above the national rate. I don't think they get credit for that. I think you have all these shaming people saying, oh, they're so stupid, they don't do this. The vast majority of these guys, when you compare it to the regular public, are doing what they're supposed to do. I think that's a positive sign, Jody. It is. Uh, and I know you're quoting National Football League numbers because we are birds 365, but we've got another incident here in town in Philadelphia that could have jumped up and it may still yet uh, bite a hometown team in the rear end. Alec Bohm tested positive for COVID on Sunday and he was out of the lineup. And oh, by the way, the Phillies lost four other players because of contact tracing. You can read between the lines. These are players that have decided not to be vaccinated yet. And the Phillies are one of the teams that are lagging behind percentage-wise of those who've gotten the vaccination. And just like in football, baseball, relatively young guys, you quoted the overall national numbers of how many young people have been uh, vaccinated so far. And I'm sure the Phillies are ahead of the national number as well. But the bottom line is, if somebody gets it, and he's going to also take other guys out of the lineup because of the protocols that are in place. If you haven't as a team passed 85%, well, then guess what? If you're close to someone who has come, you're out too. If you've already been vaccinated and he tests positive, guess what? You're still in the lineup that day. So, yeah, there are certain things in place right now that you're making them pay a price if they choose not to be vaccinated. That if I were a guy who had issues about, yeah, I don't know that I want to do that. I've always treated my body this way. I just don't, I don't take a flu shot either. So why should I take a, 
even if I felt that way, the, the world in which we're living right now and the sport in which you're dealing, NFL, MLB, all of they're kind of making it rather disadvantageous for you not to be vaccinated, for you to stand on your principle of, hey, nobody's going to tell me what I'm going to put in my body. Okay, you're right. Nobody can tell you what to put in your body. But you could end up paying a price because somebody else gets a positive test and you happen to be close to them. Is it really worth it to be able to say, hey, nobody's dictating to me. I'm going to do what I want with my body. You feel good about yourself, but you also feel bad that you're sitting on the sidelines and costing your team because you can't play. Well, I think that's the hope of the NFL. The hope of individual teams is sort of peer pressure. I think that's the hope. And, you know, when people hate that we talk about this, Jody, from day one, I said we talk about it because it's a competitive advantage, competitive disadvantage situation. And I always bring up the Denver Broncos from last year. You bring up the Phillies, that's close to home. People are upset. Phillies fans are upset. Why do you think they're upset? Because they don't have good players on the field. It makes them at a competitive disadvantage. And when everybody's screaming at us, Jody's saying, what are you talking about this? Why? Because you're going to be upset if a big-time Eagle is not able to play on game day because they're not vaccinated. That's why we talk about it. Now, I say that, and I'm 100% on, on your side, Jody. Make and, and I think Bruce Arians, I brought it up on the show, was the best. You want things to go back to normal? Get vaccinated. Boom. That's it. Do it. I'm vaccinated. You know why, Jody? Because I have to be to do my job. That's it. That's how I look at it. I'm not, I don't even go down any other route. I got to do it to do my job. So I did it. That's how I think NFL players should, should look at it. And, and, and that's how I should go about it. Where I differ with a lot of people, however, is I'm not going to shame people if they don't do it for whatever reason. I don't think that's right. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to shame anybody, I'm gonna, but I am going to roll my eyes and say, really, you chose not to? You, you, you're taking a stance. And I do appreciate someone who takes a stance, except for Chris Sims. Um, <laughs> more power to you that you should make your own decision. But when you do, and if things go awry, one of your teammates picks it up or you contract it, and then you have an adverse effect on the team, I'm not going to go, yeah, but you did what you wanted to do. No, I'm going to go. Yeah, see what you did? You hurt the team. I'm sorry. That's just, that's the reality of the situation. And that's the way I'm going to handle it if it happens with the Eagles uh, this year. We'll hope that that's not the case. And I sure as heck hope, I don't even know if Jalen Hurts is vaccinated or not vaccinated. But worst case case scenario is he comes out, throws for 350 yards, runs for 80. The Eagles win their opener down in Atlanta. He looks like Michael Vick revisited on that Falcons field, and the Eagles win the opener. And then he has to sit week two because of contract tracing, because someone on the Eagles tests positive for COVID-19. And then here comes Joe Flacco. He'll be ready because it's a competition. But Joe Flacco starts week one after Jalen Hurts looks great in week number two. Then we'll see if everybody goes, yeah, but Jalen Hurts couldn't be pushed to take that vaccination. He Well, no, they're crown. not going to say that. But I, I would say the worst case scenario is uh, Jalen Hurts tests positive 
and Joe Flacco and Nick Mullins are out for contract tracing, and then Greg Ward or Tyreek Jackson are playing quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles in week two. And we saw that happen uh, with the Denver Broncos. It was worse because they don't have 87 ex-quarterbacks on the team who once played. Uh, actually, the kid they did use played a little bit of quarterback in college, but um, it was ugly, uh, to say the least. And that would be the worst-case situation. I hear what you're saying. I think it's fair to criticize players uh, for putting their team at a disadvantage. Uh, but when I say shame, Jody, I mean shame. You know what I mean. I, I mean these knuckleheads who spend you know, 24-7 on social media and are just attacking people like they did with Matthew Stafford's wife, if you remember that story. I I don't agree with that. I, I just I just can't. They're 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 screaming at her in a supermarket, and the guy didn't even test positive. It was a Here, false positive. Here's an unfair question uh for you, and certainly what would have been an unfair question for Joe Flacco. You mentioned if Jalen Hurts tests positive and he's in the quarterback room, which means those who haven't been vaccinated are probably going to be down because of contract uh well uh, by the way he can't be in the room if he's not vaccinated so it would probably have to happen in a different way you have to do virtual stuff so i can't imagine a starting quarterback in this league not being vaccinated because i find it hard to believe anybody would allow their starting quarterback to say yeah you just work virtually don't be around the players, but we'll see. We'll see how it shakes right. out. But last year with the Broncos, the whole quarterback room went down, and they were doing it virtually last year. And still, the entire four quarterbacks well, on the Bronco roster were told, you can't play this week, so let's bring in a guy who hasn't played uh, since college. Two years ago was the last time he took a snap, and he's got to be the starting quarterback for the Broncos. So very well could happen here in Philadelphia. Or... Do you think when they signed Joe Flacco this offseason, that was a conversation that was had that they said, listen, Joe, uh, we're going to go because you and I have both gone over it in 2020 hindsight. And you don't know it exactly when it comes down. But Joe Flacco got a pretty fair quarter uh, contract this year. They paid him good money to come in and purely be the backup of this team. Guaranteed money. As a matter of fact, do you think part of that was and yeah. Oh, by the way, Joe. We expect you to get the shot. Uh, we need you to tell us you're going to get the vaccination because we can't have happen to us what happened to the Broncos last year where all you guys go down. We need at least one quarterback. And, Joe, by NFL standards, you're an old man. If the young guys are uh, trying to stay away from getting the vaccination, we need you to be the team guy, the leader, the veteran who says, yes, give me the shot. Any chance that happened in the negotiation between Howie Roseman and Joe Flacco's agent? I don't think so. Only because, let's put it this way, it's not, uh, maybe it's intimated, uh, but you certainly can't say it. I think people are smart enough, especially you get lawyer types. A lot of people uh, who do contracts, like Andrew Brandt, who's on the show, is a lawyer. They understand how to handle these things. You have to go around the edges. I, I think it's clear that Joe probably was uh, well aware that he should probably get vaccinated, but I don't think he can go out and say, we're not going to sign you if you don't get vaccinated. Uh, then 
wink, 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 nod, nod. I get it. Uh, Joe, yeah. have you been vaccinated? Yeah. And he gets it. Well, no, I haven't yet. And then five minutes. Joe, have you been vaccinated? I, I forgot to write it down. Uh, uh, no, that's uh, so enough. And then 10 minutes later in the conversation. Now, wait, one more time. You haven't been vaccinated yet, Joe? Oh, okay. Yeah, there's ways you can get yeah, to the because point. The, without... last thing, the last thing you want is be uh, that whistleblower, you know, saying, oh, the Eagles, uh, they didn't sign Joe Blacko because he didn't get back. And then you have this blow up and the team's getting fined millions of dollars in the NFL saying, uh, but can I talk honestly here, Jody? A lot of players don't give a have, shit. Have you about not this. been honest to yeah. this point? Have you That's been lying point. to the people for 73 minutes, McMullen? All right, no. mark this on the tape. McMullen on gets the honest tape. an hour and 13 minutes into the show. Go ahead, Johnny. You would be stunned how many players don't give a shit about this. Don't care about the vaccination? Nope. Don't care. Well, don't if care. that's the case, have they been vaccinated or haven't they been vaccinated? Out well, of that percentage, well, you don't we give know seventy percent. Same, same as me. Seventy percent, they're doing it for their jobs. What they're saying is that most of the guys who got the virus uh, were asymptomatic, didn't have effects. Uh, most of the guys are extremely healthy. Obviously, they're professional athletes. They want to get back to normal. It drives them insane. Now, it, it's like anything else in life. You do have the Cole Beasleys of the world uh, who who are very uh, activist-oriented on both sides of the fence, but it's a very small portion. These are young people who just don't care. They just don't, and we can't get away from it, but I don't know how to fix it. No, with, with as hot button an issue as this is, you're right. You're going to have activists on both sides who are going to say, what the hell are you doing not taking the vaccine? And guys, exactly. don't tell me, don't you dare tell me what I can or can't put yeah. in my body. So you're going to have a percentage of guys that are going to go to the polar opposite ends. And uh, that's why. And everybody have- else is in the middle. All the same people are in the middle saying, what do I got to do to get back to normal? That's why you're at 70%. Um, which is a pretty high number, as I mentioned. Uh, and, and that's where ultimately the NFL wants to get to. I don't Because of public relations, I don't know how the league handles it. But the players would like to go, you know what? Eh, if I get sick, I get sick for a week, and let's go play. But you can't do that. And everybody uses their own life as the, the, the baseline that they judge. Oh, yeah. I got the shot. I got the second shot, which I got two shots. Uh, and supposedly the second one is the one that knocks you out. I can tell you my wife got it just before me. We were about a week off in the timing. She went in first and got her second shot two weeks later. And I went in between our two shots. And then I had to get my second shot. My wife was wiped out for 24 hours. It was I had to uh, feed her, uh, make dinner, run all the errands. She was couch that must bound. That for you, Jody. Couch, couch, <laughs> yeah, I am uh, completely inept at doing yeah. most things around the house. Um, she was couch bound for 24 hours plus. It just did. It wiped her out. Now, after 24 hours, she pretty much bounced back. And 24 hours later, it was like she didn't even ever had the shot. All I had was a little bit of pain in my arm. I couldn't I couldn't have gone out and thrown a bullpen session. But that was it. Yeah. I felt perfectly fine. I had no effect whatsoever. And some people say that, yes, you can be uh, out of whack for a good couple of days. I've seen some athletes, uh, professional athletes, young 
in tremendous shape, professional athletes say. So there's no standard that you can use. All right, you got to put four days aside because it's going to lay you up. You don't really know. But you, if you're now, take I, the- I, I, I was the same as you. I had a little arm pain. That's about it. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe a little, little lax of days ago. And that might have been more mental than anything the day after. But that's it. Um, it was no big deal for me either. Um, I, I was just talking from a player standpoint. Most of the guys I talked to on the Eagles who, who got it last year told me the exact same thing. They barely, you know, they were asymptomatic or they had very, very light symptoms like a cold. Um, not Maybe not even that. And were a little bit frustrated that they couldn't get back on the field. Um, but again, that's not everybody. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, you're Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. All right, when we come back, we got off on a uh, uh, vaccination. Everyone loves it, Jody. I I was ready to turn to another quarterback ranking list. And oh, by the way, this isn't a former NFL quarterback. This isn't someone who's a talking head. This is an actual group that uh, uses statistical analysis more than anything else to come up with their ratings and their rankings. Uh, Pro Football Focus came out with a ranking of the top 32 quarterbacks. Excuse me, the starting 32 quarterbacks. We're not talking about any backups here. They decide, well, there's one team where they list both quarterbacks as their starting quarterback. Hello, Pro Football Focus. You can't say starting quarterbacks and then list two guys for one team. Uh, Be a man. By the way, one, one guy took a bigger shot than Jalen Hurts. Can you name that one guy, Jody? Took a bigger shot? What do you mean by took a bigger shot? Well, what Ranked can we call behind it? Him? I, I got the rankings right in front of me. I can tell you who came in behind him. Is that what you're asking me? Well, it's the other guy of the guy who came in behind him. Because that is a stinking insult to Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, I see where you're going. Yeah, Drew Locke, starting quarterback of the Denver. Yeah, that one they were ready to differentiate and name a guy. They're, yeah. they're ready to go out on a limb and go, it's, it's Drew Locke, not Teddy Bridgewater. But with the Saints, it's Taysom Hill slash Jameis Winston. Come on, yeah. pick a guy and rank him. And by the way, ranking on two QBs. I'm going to pick a guy. It's Jameis stinking Winston oh, because yeah. Taysom Hill can't play quarterback in the NFL. Y- y- you were at the game last year when he played against the Eagles, right? Oh, oh, oh. Man. Unfortunately. That was not good football. And uh, I correctly predicted that week, that Eagle victory over the Saints. Even though the Saints were heading off to the playoffs and the Eagles were just weeks away from starting to try and lose games, I thought they were going to win that week because I am not a fan of Taysom Hill. All right, uh, quickie timeout, comeback. McMullen and McDonald, we are your Mac and Mac Birds 365 guys with 40 minutes to play. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. 
Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Johnny Mac and Jody Mac here with Number 365. We still got uh, 30 plus minutes to talk birds with you and uh we're going to spend a couple couple minutes talking about rankings in the national football league and there is one throw it up the eagle on the list because we are talking about the starting quarterbacks in the league we'll tell you ahead of time jalen hurts is not really high up on the list how low can you go we'll lay it out there for you this is pro football focuses list of ranking the quarterbacks predicting, projecting what they're going to do this year. And you've got to state it that way because they've got rookie quarterbacks on this list. We've never done a damn thing in the National Football League yet. So you have to be able to look into a crystal ball and say, here's what I believe they're going to do. So this is what they're projecting the quarterback rated rankings are going to look like at the end of this season. Uh, Johnny Mac, I want to go through this with you. We'll do it like five at a time. I'll read five. You comment. I'll comment on the five you do or don't like them. And we're going to have to go through a couple of groupings before we ever get to the Eagle quarterback. All right, top five, as per pro football focus, Mahomes one, Brady two, Rodgers three, Russell Wilson four, Deshaun Watson five. You got any issues with the top five? 
Uh, yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers should be number one. I don't know if he's playing. Uh, number but he one. should you be number him, you one. You put him ahead of Mahomes? Yeah, he was the best quarterback in football last year. Um, he was better than Mahomes last year. Uh, I don't see – it's not an insult to Patrick Mahomes. He's a better player. He's the best quarterback in football. And I don't see why that would change other than him retiring. Uh, so if he's playing, he's the best quarterback. Yeah, I disagree. Uh, Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. Rodgers had the best year. Rodgers rightfully won the MVP. But I don't think it's just that this isn't a list of who had the best season in 2021. No, I think he's the best quarterback, period. End of sentence. I think he's the best quarterback in football. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. I say all the time. No one has ever played the position at a higher level than Aaron Rodgers. No one. No one in the history of the game. Mm-hmm. If I were going to make the argument for somebody, I'd make the argument for Mahomes. And, uh, yes, I would have him one, but I'm with you. Rodgers should be number two. Brady had a great year. He got another trophy. He's a GOAT. We know all of that. Um, and, oh, by the way, before the start of last year, Brady probably not at number two. I don't even know if he cracked the top five after the last year he had in New England. Uh, before he left and, and went to Tampa Bay. Uh, but I got no problems with Brady being that high. Uh, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, just a question how much he's going to play. But I, I got no problems with their top five, other than I would have uh, Rodgers ahead of Brady. You'd have Rodgers ahead of everybody. So we're close, but slightly different there. All right, next six. Six through uh, ten. Josh Allen, number six. Dak Prescott, number seven, uh, Lamar, number eight, Matt Ryan, number nine, Baker Mayfield, number 10. You like that uh, ordering, Allen, Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Matt Ryan, Baker Mayfield, six through 10? I think Josh Allen should be ahead of Deshaun Watson uh, coming off last season and... But, you know, that's nitpicking. I do think Dak Prescott's a little bit too high. Certainly Lamar Jackson should be ahead of Dak Prescott. Uh, you could argue Matt Ryan, but I, I don't think it's that meaningful. I think Baker Mayfield's too high. Uh, no question about that. Especially when you look at some of the guys uh, right behind Baker Mayfield. I don't think Baker Mayfield is a top-10 quarterback. Okay. I, I, well, if the season he had last year, I think Baker Mayfield does belong in the top 10. I don't have a problem with that. Who out of this next group? I'm assuming that the, the group that you're talking about that you would put ahead of Baker Mayfield is in this next group. Matthew Stafford, 11, Ryan Tannehill, 12, Derek Carr, 13, Kirk Cousins, 14, and uh, Herbert jumping up off just his rookie year into the top 15. Uh, that's not a bad spot for him to be in, and I kind of think he earned it. Who are those uh, – who's underrated in that group that you think would be ahead of a guy like Baker Mayfield? Well, I think Stafford's definitely ahead of him. I think uh, Cousins is definitely ahead of him. I'm a big Justin Herbert guy, but that's more of an evaluation. I think he's going to be better, certainly. Uh, and you can make an argument with Carr and Tannehill as well. Uh, I'm not as big as a Derek Carr fan. I like Ryan Tannehill better than you. Uh, if I were rating those guys, just that group, it would be Stafford one, Cousins two, Herbert three, 
uh, Tannehill four, Carr five. I might put all of them ahead of Baker Mayfield. Certainly all of them, but uh, Derek Carr. Here's how I would rank them. And there's a couple of guys in the next group, the 16 through 20, that I would rank ahead a couple of the guys in that group, the 10 through 15. I would have Carr one. Yeah, I'm a bigger Carr fan than you are. You're a bigger Tannehill slash Stafford slash Cousins fan than I am. I don't really love any of those guys. I certainly like Carr better. And I would have Herbert, shoot, I'd have him all the way up at 12. Why not? I know it's a small sample. He only played one year, but it was a damn impressive one. I'm a Kyla Murray guy. I actually think Arizona is a um, kind of an outside team with a chance to go to a Super Bowl. Most people are picking them for fourth place in their division. San Francisco ahead of them, Seattle ahead of them, and who the hell am I missing? The Rams. The Rams ahead of them. I think the Rams can I think the Cardinals can win that division, which would be a major upset, and then they can they parlay it uh come playoff team. I think Kyler Murray's sitting on a big year. I know he came back to the pack last year, but Ben Roethlisberger certainly had a better career than Stafford or Tannehill or Carr or Cousins or anybody else. Does he have one last gasp good season? I'm rooting for it, and I'm going to say yes to that question. So I'd have him ranked higher than 16. They got Ben 16, Murray 17. Joe Burrow. You know who scared me on Joe Burrow? Me. Our buddy. Our buddy. The ex, not you. Come the on. Ex, the ex-general manager of the New York Jets. Uh, our buddy uh, Mike Tannenbaum, Tannenbaum, yeah. who came on here. And Come on, give me credit. Why you gotta, gotta give uh, Mr. T credit? Give well, Johnny Mac, give your partner because he, he said it before you did on this show. I don't know if you thought it ahead of time. But the first time I ever heard somebody verbalize it, and yes, oh, come on, Jody. You, you I've been have, talking about that since the injury because of RG three and because of Carson. I've seen it up close. That is a devastating injury. Now, what Mike said that was interesting. He had concerns over Joe Burrow about getting injured before he got injured. Now I didn't see that, but he talked about how slight his lower body was. Um. I'm just talking post-injury. Uh, man, that is devastating. So I, if Joe Burrow's going to be what he was before the injury, it's possible. But I'll tell you right off the bat, Jody, it's going to take a couple years. It's going to take two years off that injury. That's how devastating it was. That does scare me about Burrow because uh, with the start that he got off to before the injury, I said, you know, that one year at LSU – was not make-believe. Uh, it didn't just come out of nowhere. This kid did deserve to be the number one pick in the draft. He's going to be a uh, franchise quarterback in this league. Oops, there goes the season with the injury. So uh, they've got him at number 18. I, I don't even know if he can live up to 18, at least not this first year. And they got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is the most befuddling quarterback in the National Football League because he is Fitzmagic and he is Fitztragic. He is all those things wrapped up into one, and you never know which one's going to show up on a week-in, week-out basis. That gets you number 19. I'm not sure about that. And Daniel Jones. Your guy. Of the New York Giants, 20th-ranked quarterback. I am going to go on record right here, right now on Bird Street 65. If I had the ability to pick a quarterback for my team, any team, 
in the National Football League going into this year. I'm taking Jalen Hurts before I'm taking Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones, not to give it away here, more than 10 spots ahead of our buddy uh, Jalen Hurts. <laughs> what has Daniel Jones done to make you believe that he's going to be a top 20 quarterback in this league? All right, uh, I'll run them back quickly. Give me your thoughts on all of them. Ben at 16, Murray at 17, Burrow at 18, Fitz Magic or Tragic at 19, and Daniel Jones. Like, love, hate. Give me your uh, thoughts on those five QBs. Well, I'm with you with Ben. I mean, I, I, my concerns with Ben, and I have no problem with him here, is be all because of his age and his elbow surgery. He's not the same guy. Uh, you know, it was pretty amazing. Pittsburgh got off to that 11-0 start. You saw he's just not the same guy physically. So, look, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's much better than overall when you're taking into account uh, the Matthew Staffords, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill's always said the previous group. But right now, no. Um, I, I just don't think he has it physically anymore. My concerns with Kyler Murray, I've said in the past, are I don't know how he stays healthy the way he plays. I don't know when it's coming, Jody, but it's coming. I, 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 and, and that division's tough. I hear what you're saying. It might be the best division in football. I don't think Arizona's a bad team, but they're not winning that division. It's just too good. Okay. Uh, so, But he probably should be a little bit higher than 17. I, I would have no problem having Kyler Murray in that 10 to 15 group. Uh, Joe Burrow gave you my concerns with the injuries. And, and then I think you see the, the drop-off. But that's where you are, 18, 19. That's when we talk about starting quarterbacks, we have 32 teams, Jody. So there's got to be 32 starters, right? That's but there is not 32. But there's not 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And you see the drop off. Not I'm taking the rookies out of the equation because the rookies are all about evaluation. There are not 32 guys capable of starting. At, at a competent level in the NFL. And you see the drop-off right about 18. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to play the first week of the season 16 games, which means 32 teams, which means there's going to be 32 starters. So there are 32 starters. I'm not going to accept that there aren't 32 starters. There have to be 32 starters. There aren't 32 guys that play to a level that you would want a starting quarterback to play with. But they are starting quarterbacks, so they uh, uh, they they get that. Maybe it's by default, but they certainly get that qualification. Uh, let me before I get back to the list, let me uh, sidetrack for just a second. And this is an unfair question, but you've been working with me long enough to know that I'm ready, willing, and able to ask unfair <laughs> questions of you. Um, who's got the best wide receiver group in the National Football League? Oh, that's a good question. I'd have to think about it. Uh, well, I would say right off the bat, uh, Tennessee is now pretty good. Um, uh, you bring in Julio Jones to uh, team up with A.J. Brown. Um, Minnesota is pretty good with Thielen and uh, Jefferson. Um and um, Arizona is pretty good, obviously. Um, 
Those are the three teams that pop out to me right, right away. Good. You did get the team that I would put at the top of that list. That would be the Arizona Cardinals. They already have DeAndre Hopkins, who, yes, I know Devontae Adams had a great year last year, but I still think DeAndre Hopkins is the number one right receiver. There's, there's three guys that, for me, kind of separate themselves, and I know different people have them in different orders. I would put Hopkins one. And uh, maybe Devontae Adams moved into the number two slot at a Julio Jones. We got to see what Julio is this year with Tennessee. There, I got to throw a- Tampa Bay in there too. I forgot about Tampa Bay. Ta- ta- yeah, Tampa, but Tampa Bay might be number two to me. But DeAndre Hopkins, add an AJ Green. Andy Isabella is a great slot wide receiver. Christian Kirk, second round pick just a couple of years ago, and Rondell Moore, who they drafted this year who I was very high on coming into this draft. I think Arizona's got the best receiving core in the National Football League. That's why I'm uh, as high on their quarterback as I am coming into the season. I think he's very good, but I think he's got serious, serious, serious weapons. Not the Eagles in that top wide receiver group? Hmm. Hold on. Where would I? No, you don't want to know where I ranked the Eagles. All right, back to the list. Uh, Yeah, how Daniel Jones is number 20 boggles my mind. Um, Trevor Lawrence at 21, purely speculation, good speculation because he was the unquestioned number one pick. Uh, Jimmy G from San Francisco, 22. Carson Wentz, 23. All right, here's where they come in with Carson. Pro football Mm. focus. They didn't crunch the numbers and have him in the low 20s slash high 30s. Carson Wentz at number 23. The Combo Saints quarterback at 24, Taysom Hill. And Jameis Winston. And Justin Fields at number 25. So, yes, despite the fact that Trey Lance was drafted before Justin Fields. Still don't understand that. Despite the fact that uh, Zach Wilson was drafted before Justin Fields. Still don't understand that. And not happy about that because it was the Jets. They got Justin Fields as the number two rookie QB. Uh, How do you like or dislike that next group of five? Well, I don't like it, and and we talk about Carson Wentz. They lead with, you know, Carson led the NFL last season in turnover-worthy plays, 24. And remember, he didn't even play after week 14. That's how bad Carson Wentz was last season. Anybody who listens to this show, uh, I'm not sure how much you listen to me, Jody, but Everybody knows what I think about Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't like him even a little bit as a quarterback. So we're in the weeds at this point. Uh, I think Jameis Winston, I've always thought Jameis Winston had significant talent, uh, but, I mean, he turns the football over. How is he going to solve that if he can find a way to solve that? I think he would be the best of that group. He's certainly better than Taysom Hill. But – Yeah, we're in that weeds. And, you know, I'm putting Trevor Lawrence aside. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a star. But I don't. how do you rate rookie quarterbacks? I don't know. You just throw them out there. Because I think if Trevor Lawrence is what Trevor Lawrence is going to be, Jody, what I think he's going to be, he's going to be a hell of a lot higher than 21 on this list as a rookie, by the way. No, uh, that's that's what you got to do. There, some you can't just leave him out. If he's a starting quarterback, you got to put him somewhere on the list. So you got to project if you're going to call the list the well, starting if quarterback. You're gonna project, the league, he's going to start. You're going so to put him the higher. Then to slot him in. If you would have him higher, good for you. You got some nerve. Yeah, that's put they him put higher. Him in. 
They put him in. Uh, well, they got him ahead of your boy Jimmy G. You got to at least give him that much at That's number true. twenty-one. All right. Well, then who are the guys you gonna put? I put him over Daniel but, Jones. But, That's for yeah, Dan. He's not above Daniel Jones. He's not above Ben Roethlisberger's got one arm, and that's not the arm he throws with. I mean, come on, show some courage in your conviction. Yeah, I, if he's I, the best prospect since Peyton Manning, let's treat him like the best prospect since Peyton I, I, Manning. I'm I'm rooting for Ben to have one more season, so I'm not ready to bury him if you're putting him behind a rookie quarterback, even a number one overall draft pick rookie quarterback. I think you're officially burying him, and I'm not ready to bury him. Uh, so we shall see. All right, 26 to 30. Jared Goff, 26. Cam Newton, 27. Sam Darnold, 28. Tua Tungabaloa, 29. And Zach Wilson, rookie quarterback, New York Jets, 30. There's two names I haven't mentioned yet, Johnny Mack. And we'll get to them in just a second. (laughs) What do you think of 26 through uh, 30? I think I don't want to be the Detroit Lions, the New England Patriots, the Carolina Panthers, the Miami Dolphins, and the New York Jets. Now, I I think the Jets are fine long-term with Zach Wilson, but obviously it's going to take a little bit of uh, uh, a little bit. I don't think he's in the same category as a Trevor Lawrence, so uh, he's going to have some troubles. Uh, I'm concerned, way more concerned than you about Tua. We've talked about that in the past, uh, so I have no problem where he is. Way too many uh, turnover-worthy plays as well. Uh, plus, I, I have concerns over his injury. Ooh, Tua? I, yeah. I don't, I don't no. think he's the same guy. Tua's I, issue was he didn't throw the ball down the field. Everything was dink and dunk. He didn't turn the ball over. He didn't have turnover-worthy plays. 13 of them. According really? to football focus. Yeah, 13. That's a big number. They got to um, clean the stuff off their cameras up. They're seeing shit that I'm not and, seeing. And, I'm and by the way, when you do throw underneath and you have all those turnovers, it makes it worse, by the way. That's part of the concern. That's that's part of the issue. Uh, as far as Sam Darnold, uh, he might be the most interesting quarterback to be in the entire NFL because I thought he had talent. And I thought he was ruined by Adam Gase. And can you recover? Ryan Tannehill did it. So I think there's at least some optimism with with Carolina. Uh, Cam Newton, I, I we talked about Cam yesterday. We were talking about rushing touchdowns. I just think the guy's physically done, just like Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, and then Jared Goff is Jared Goff. Uh, I think he's a little bit – he's the best of that group, I'd say that. Um, yeah, it's not good when you get down this low. It's going to be very interesting uh, with Sam Donald from a Panther perspective because uh, Brady, the uh, coordinator from LSU, who uh, was the guy who engineered the phenomenal season that Joe Burrow had, jumps up from LSU to get a coordinator spot uh, on the NFL level with Carolina last year. Teddy Bridgewater to work with wasn't a superior talent last season. So I would say Brady's first year as a play caller offense quarter in the NFL, more of a to be determined than anything else. I don't think you look at it and go, yep, he's a genius or, oh, they, they were reaching by making him at th- that age, making him an offensive quarter. I-, I think he got an incomplete for the season, much harder grade this year with a talent like Sam yeah. Donald taking over. He's got to be able to mold him and get plenty out of him. 
this year. Very interesting to see how that works out. Uh, and then, yes, number 31 and 32. Jalen Hurts, 31. Drew Locke, number 32, which you say is a major slap in the face to Teddy Bridgewater that they're listing him as their starting quarterback. How much higher is Hurts going to be than 31? If you, and I, you know, I, the way I've been defending him, you know, I believe he's going to be better than that. How high is high for Hurts? 20. If he can get to 20, I, I think that would be a successful season. Um, and I think that's where he can get to. Uh, so I think that brings up the, the, the larger conversation. Is that good enough to, to prove you're the guy moving forward? I don't think it is. That's one of the things I have a concern with. In a lot of ways, I look at Jalen Hurts and I see placeholder. But, you know, we, we've been talking about this particular list, Jody. Turnover-worthy plays. We mentioned with Carson Wentz. We mentioned with Tua. So Carson led the league uh, with uh, what was the number, 23, 24, uh, which is really bad, obviously, 24, just looking it up. Uh, Jalen Hurts had nine in four games, really. Because remember, he came in at halftime in Green Bay, but he didn't play most of the second half against Washington. So it's about four games. Um Nine and four games. You can speculate that out to 16, and it's going to be 17 yeah, this year, hopefully. That's, uh, a, uh, that's, that's, that's tragic. That's a tragic number. Yeah, it is, and uh, I fully acknowledge that, but here's a guy who was taken in the second round, and if they're telling him what they are telling us, that he was a backup quarterback and we didn't think he was going to come in and play. The only way he was going to come in and play was if Carson Wentz got hurt and then all of a sudden he's being thrown into the deep end of the pool. I'm going to cut him some slack as a rookie. If Carson Wentz and he are putting up similar close to turnover type numbers, Carson Wentz is in his fifth year in the league. Jalen Hurts is in his like fifth game in the league. So, well, yeah. well, my point is they're not similar, Jody. Carson was the worst quarterback in the league with 24 in 12 games. You know, if you, if you, you know, 32, okay, that's, that's atrocious. If, if you put it out, well, Hertz is at 36. Right. That's not, that's worse. That, right. and, and but, we're uh, talking about the worst quarterback in the league. But that's, I, uh, what I was attempting to explain, either you didn't pick up on it or you didn't hear me. I understand it for Hertz. Hertz was a a rookie, and B that's the way he plays. Oh, it's how many worse turn for a better uh, Where player. is where is Lamar Jackson on that list? Um, Lamar doesn't have a ton, but I'll look it up. I would uh, I would be surprised if he's not in the top five or six. Because, yeah, he runs the football. He's going to take off and try and make plays with his legs. So if you're going to put yourself at risk, you're going to have turnover-worthy plays, I still take Lamar Jackson, even though he's going to take those chances and put himself in situations where he can turn the ball over and or make a huge play. You know, I get the mentality of a running quarterback, but, you know, Lamar Jackson's Lamar Jackson. Uh, Jalen Hurts is not Lamar Jackson. They're different types of players. Jalen Hurts is extremely strong. We had that one guy, you know, he's a power lifter in high school. Um, 
he's he's a fullback playing quarterback. I forget who said that. Uh, it was a great quote. He's an unbelievably strong. I don't think people realize that. Lamar Jackson's like the fastest guy on the field. I mean, Lamar Jackson's like, you know, Michael Vick supercharged. I mean, that, Jalen Hurts is has great abilities as a runner, but they're different types of abilities. Lamar Jackson's on a different plane than everybody. Never mind. I, that's not an insult to Jalen Hurts. I don't. I don't think that's a fair comparison. I mean, Lamar Jackson's just different physically, and there's nobody close. Probably the closest would be Kyler Murray from an athleticism standpoint, but right. even Kyler's not close. He's not close to Lamar Jackson. Okay. I don't have it in front of me, but I think they were all pretty damn close with uh, average yards per carry. Uh, how they go about it, how it actually ends up happening, describing their way of running, uh, they they can all be very different, but at the end of the play – how many yards did you pick up? Did you get a first down? Did you get into the end zone? He had a pretty goodly amount of touchdowns for a guy who carried the amount of times that he had. Production-wise, I think you can compare him to Lamar Jackson running the football. Their style, maybe not comparable. Their actual 40 speed, not comparable. But the only thing I care about is, well, when the play was over, what'd you do? What'd you achieve? What'd you get done? What kind of number was it? And, yeah, the kind of numbers that he put up as a runner last year was pretty damn impressive for me, and I think he can do it again this year. That's why well, I'm higher on Jalen Hurts. I'm going to throw more water because that's my role. I'm gonna Go ahead. Throw, you, you bring up a good point, Jody, in that Jalen Hurts wasn't supposed to be the starter. He was the rookie. He was, you know, he, he was uh, uh, bolted into a terrible situation. All of that is true. Now, the one part of that is nobody was preparing for Jalen Hurts. Nobody was concerned about Jalen Hurts. Uh, he, he was thrust upon other teams as well. Now everybody's going to be scheming for Jalen Hurts. It's going to be much more difficult to do certain things. And when you scheme from Jalen Hurts, you're going to scheme for that running game. And that's where I think Lamar – you can scheme all you want for Lamar Jackson running the football. He's going to run the damn football. I, I don't think the comparison is fair, is what I'm saying, to, to, to Jalen Hurts. Lamar Jackson is the greatest runner from the quarterback position that ever lived. I don't think it's fair to compare Jalen Hurts to Lamar Jackson. All right. Um, I will just say this uh, for uh, the, the those who are prepping to play the Eagles and get ready for uh, Jalen Hurts this year. What does Nick Sirianni's offense look like? They've got tape of Jalen Hurts last year that they can look at. Oh, here's what we can do. Here's what we got to be on the lookout for. We can't allow him to do this. We got no idea what Nick Sirianni's going to do. We don't know how he is going to incorporate Jalen Hurts' skills for this upcoming season. So, yeah, there's a little bit more knowledge out there about Jalen Hurts in the National Football League than before he took his first start. But Whole new system. Yeah, well, maybe Sirianni's got a game plan that neither you nor I have come up with, McMullen, that's well, going that, to tap into probably, Jalen Hurts' skills. You're probably right early in the season, Jody. But, I mean, what what are you getting? Maybe two, three, four weeks? And then you get a beat and you got everybody on film. And I love Jonathan Gannon for one thing, because Jonathan Gannon is honest, at least to this point. And – you know, what he said, and he's obviously the defensive coordinator. And I love J.G. for saying this. 
everybody runs the same thing. It's about execution. Uh, it's about doing what you're supposed to do correctly. Yeah, he'll have a slight advantage very early in the season, Jody. But by week three, week four, everybody's got everything they need. Right, it's about the players succeeding. He is John McMullen. I am Jody McDonald. We'll come back. We'll put a bow on the show. Let's see how we close out Birds 365. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. McMullen and McDonald come down to home stretch of a Birds 365 Tuesday. We talk a lot about quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts, uh, rated by Pro Football Focus, is the 32nd best starting quarterback, 31st best starting quarterback. 
there are only two 32 starting quarterbacks in the league, uh, which just by the way, me. Jody, I didn't ask you, I got to get you on record. What do you think the ceiling is? How high, when you look at that list, who should Jalen Hurts be ahead of? Well, certainly Daniel Jones. Um, <laughs> yeah, poor Daniel. Yeah, you know, I'm not a Daniel Jones yeah. fan. Um, Stop. I think he'd be better than Ryan Stop. Fitzpatrick. Um, I understand what Fitzpatrick is. Fitzpatrick is an amazing player. God bless him. He's been around forever. He's a really interesting uh, guy. And he's a good dude. I, yeah. I have uh, buddies who cover the Jets day in, day out basis. And he said he was always ready to answer the questions, yeah. didn't shy away from tough questions, uh, was a good dude to talk to and the like. So I, I, I like the guy. But it doesn't mean I have to like his play and the fact that he is woefully inconsistent. I'd rather have uh, Jalen Hurts entering the season than uh, Fitzpatrick. Uh, that's just my take. Um, I think he can be better than Darnold. I think he can be better than Cam. I'm with you. Cam, MVP-level player. Um, I, some people could make an argument as a Hall of Famer. I don't think he's quite that. Same thing as Eli Manning. I'm tough on Hall of Famers. But if you compare him to some other quarterbacks who are in the Hall of Fame, Cam Newton compares very favorably. I think he's done. I don't think he's got anything left in the tank. So I would take uh, Jalen Hurts over him. Um, you know how big a Fields fan I am, and I think he's going to hit the ground running. So, I, yeah, I think Fields is – and I, if I were the Eagles, I would have drafted Fields. Uh, they chose not to. That was um, your Soapy's choice. Yeah, it really was. Devontae Smith. Justin Justin Fields. Fields. I love them both. Uh, and that uh, guy who's going to be starting quarterback, you might have heard of him, Indianapolis Colts this year, reuniting with a, I think Jalen Hurts Even is going to have a Frank better Reich. year than Carson Wentz. Even with the great Frank Reich who brought the Super Bowl to Philadelphia, where's the statue for Frank I, Reich? Eagles, Eagles roster this year, Colts roster this year, Who's going to have a better year than Devonta Smith? Nobody. Nobody. Right. He steps in this year for the Eagles and is a better wide receiver than any wide receiver the Colts have. But part of it is what John Stolner said earlier in the show. Remember, Devonta Smith's going to get a lot of traffic. You know, we talk about just Justin Jefferson last year. Remember, Justin Jefferson went in a situation – where there was a great receiver already there, Devontae Smith's coming into a situation there nobody else. you got to throw him the football. you got to throw him the football. So that's part of it as well. I think Indianapolis should be more balanced. But, yeah, they don't have uh, – obviously, T.Y. Hilton at his age, you know, he's been a game-breaking player. They should be better as a group, but – Devontae Smith should get a boatload of traffic because who else are you giving it to besides Dallas Goddard, of course? Right. And, oh, by the way, maybe Zach Ertz is the leading wide rece leading receiver <laughs> for the Indianapolis Colts this year. Uh, he's still an eagle, right? Just check it. I've been on Twitter during the show. Not enough, but I haven't noticed that Zach Ertz has been traded yet. Well, I'm, it didn't, I'm didn't pretty, happen today. You know, how he's on vacation. Yeah, uh, Howie and everybody else. Hey, yeah. but speaking of which, we don't know who we're having on the show tomorrow. But uh, you got Jack McCaffrey lined up already for Thursday. And Kim Jones of the NFL Network said she'll come on with us on Friday. So we do have a couple of guests 
in slots for the rest of the week, but we got nobody yet for tomorrow, right, Johnny? Not yet, but we'll get somebody. We'll get somebody, Jody. I'll convince. It, I, I, I got to get in the back room and twist some arms. Okay, you, you do that, buddy. Good luck. Can you twist somebody's arm while they're on vacation? I think it gets them out of arm twisting range, <laughs> but we shall see. Uh, good show today. Uh, we thank John Stolnes through the uh, bad Wi-Fi. And he told me ahead of time when I, I got him on the phone yesterday. Hey, by I, the way, I want to get this in. Breaking news, the Eagles always break. Joint training camp practices with the Patriots on August 16th and 17th and your New York Jets on August 24th and August 25th. Really? going to do two of them? Yeah. They don't yes. usually do that. Usually it's one team. It's usually the team that they're playing, well, back when – the Eagles yeah. used to play four preseason games. Now, of course, they only play three preseason games. It was always either the week two opponent or the week three opponent. It wouldn't be the week one, and it's never been the Jets before the last week. They've never done the uh, joint practices with them. It's usually the teams in week <clears throat> two or three, and the, the Patriots fall into that uh, category. But I'm surprised they're doing the Jets too, huh? Yeah, doing the Jets. Remember, things have changed. There are only three preseason games. So you're seeing more of these joint practices across the league. So I think this is going to continue. Um, and, yeah, that should be fun because it's always fun when you have practice against somebody else. It gets kind of monotonous when you keep going against yourself. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but they go to the Jets twice this year, right? Yes. three. They have three uh, visits to MetLife Stadium this year because they see the Jets twice. And obviously the Giants. Have have they seen the price of gas? It's going to cost them a lot to get up the turnpike to go play. I'm kidding, of course. Uh, but, yeah, they play preseason Jets and regular season Jets, which means those joint practices are going and, to be and, up the turnpike. And, by the way, I think the Jets and the Giants are back-to-back, I think, on the schedule. I think they have met life back-to-back, but I have to check on that. Well, we'll certainly double-check that tomorrow. Uh, partner, good job today, buddy. We'll do it again tomorrow. Uh, we'll try and scare up a guest or two. Uh, thanks for tuning in on this Tuesday. Coming up tomorrow, shockingly, Wednesday edition, uh, show number 68 tomorrow. We're getting closer to 100. Be right back here tomorrow on Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.